Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, we're going to talk about how Jesus crashes a wedding. It is amazing, and it is wonderful, and he also stops somebody from going to jail, too, so it's going to be a great one. Before we get into that, as always, if you like what we're doing here, make sure you like this podcast. You give us a five-star rating. If you're doing the YouTube thing, make sure you're liking it, subscribing to it, leaving some comments, and even most importantly, check the show notes section, and you can get a link to go to our Facebook group, Bible Breakdown Discussion, and I want to hear from you your best wedding story. All right, keep it clean, <laughs> keep it good, but let's. I want to hear about it because, man, I'm going to tell you something. Jesus does something amazing in this chapter. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be wonderful. And remember the context. The gospel writer, John, is inspired by the Holy Spirit. He's not focusing on the blow-by-blow account of Jesus' life from birth until resurrection. He's actually focusing on the final year of Jesus' ministry, year number three. And what he is doing here, there's actually a time jump. This, this one right here is going to be the beginning part of that, and then he's going to jump into year three. So there's going to be this time jump after this moment. But the important thing about this is, is he is focusing on the message of Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus did seven major signs and he would say, I am this. So he would do something amazing and open that door to then share the message. And that is that he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So let's jump into this and we're going to stop along the way at some context as we learn more about our King. He is God. So let's let's jump into this. If you have your NLT Bibles open to John chapter 2, your coffee cup ready, let's jump in. The Bible says, the next day, there was a wedding celebration at the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, this is not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. Now, pause for a moment and realize why this is such a big deal. So whenever they would have a wedding back during this time, it was a big deal. And these weddings would go on from three to seven days. And what would happen is the entire family, in many times the entire village, and if they were, if a, a young woman was marrying a young man from a different village, they would all come together together. And so it was a big social event that would happen. And if you were to run out of something, especially the wine, which was the main drink they would have of the day, if you ran out of it, it wasn't just, oh goodness, you know, they didn't have convenience stores you could go to. Like this was a really big deal. It would shut down the wedding festivities and it would be a major embarrassment, not just on your family, but the local community. And by law, you could be punished for bringing shame upon your local community. And so this isn't just a problem. This is a big deal where we're talking about someone could go to jail over this. I mean, for embarrassing an entire community. That's why they're panicking so bad. And so Jesus, uh, Mary goes to Jesus and says, hey, they need, they, need, they need help. And Jesus is like, hey, I, I, I am not yet going into my public ministry. So, I mean, they can figure this out, right? You know, Jesus didn't heal everybody, you know. But verse 5, his mother told the servants, hey, hey, do whatever he tells you. So standing there nearby were six water jars used for the Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold about 
20 or 30 gallons of water. So what would happen is right before they would start a, a festivity, they would take this water and they would wash their hands, these different rituals, as a form of cleansing so then they could go and they could eat. So that, that's what this was. These massive jars, about 30 gallons apiece. Jesus told the servants, go fill the jars with water. And when the jars have been filled, he said, now, dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then, when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. After the wedding, he went up to Capernaum for a few days and with his mother and his brothers and his disciples. So you imagine how nervous <laughs> those servants must have been. They're kind of just walking up because this is the master of ceremony. These are the guys who can, who can shut the whole thing down, expose everybody, all this. And he goes and he says something that was you know, kind of normal for the time. And that is, you know, what happened is at the very beginning, you get out all the, the nice, good stuff. But then as the evening and as the couple of days would go, people would just get less interested in drinking and less interested in everything else. And those who were very interested, they're getting inebriated at this point. But either way, no one really cares. And so they're not surprised because what you would do is, is you would start to water down the wine. That's what you would start to do is you would add more water to it so it would you know, last a little bit longer. And so what the master of ceremonies is saying is instead of you watering it down, which everybody expects, you actually brought out the good stuff. And so, of course, what that means is, is when Jesus does anything, he does it right. And it revealed his glory. And what happens when God reveals his glory? The faith of everyone around him rises up. All right, verse number 13. The Bible says, it was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. So Jesus went up to Jerusalem in the temple area, and he saw the merchants selling cattle and sheep and doves for sacrifices. He also saw dealers at tables exchanging foreign money. Jesus made a whip from some of the ropes and chased them all out of the temple. He drove out the sheep and the cattle and scattering the money changers coins all over the floor and turned over the tables. Then going over to the people who sold doves, he said to them, get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. Then the disciples remembered this prophecy from scriptures, passion for God's house will consume me. But the Jewish leaders demanded, what are you doing? If God gave you authority to do this, show us a miraculous sign to prove it. All right, Jesus replied, destroy this temple and in three days I will rise it up. What? They exclaimed. It has taken 46 years to build this temple and you can rebuild it in three days. But Jesus said this temple, he meant his own body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remember he had said this, and they believed both the scriptures and what he had said. Because of the miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem and at the Passover celebration, many began to trust in him. But Jesus didn't trust them <laughs> because he knew all about people. That's like my favorite verse of the whole thing. No one needed to tell him about human nature, for he knew what was in each person's heart. I love that. Verse 24, but Jesus didn't trust them because he knew all about people. Isn't that amazing? And so what happens is Jesus goes to the temple. And I want to make sure and understand this because there are some Christian denominations that to this day have trouble doing anything inside a church other than the church service because of this verse. 
Jesus was not angry that they were exchanging money. They, they had to do this because people would be traveling from all over the world. And if they wanted to worship, they would have to exchange their money for the, what's called a sanctuary shekel, which was a type of money. And then with that money, they could offer that as a sacrifice. They also needed to buy the sheep and the goats and the things because they would be sometimes traveling weeks at a time and they needed to sacrifice a sheep or a goat or a bull without any kind of defect. So what they were doing was providing a service that was good. The problem was, is it had become corrupt. Instead of, you know, selling something that was actually worth a dollar, they would charge someone $10. And if you complain, they said, well, then where else are you going to get it? And so they were using what was supposed to be something holy and making it unholy. So I want to make sure you understand there's no problem here with them offering the service. The problem is the corruption that had happened. And they were using something that was supposed to be holy as something that was then to gouge the people. That's why Jesus was so upset. And so he said, oh, no, 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 no. We are not going to do this. You imagine getting a literal whipping by Jesus. I guarantee you that was not a fun day. And then, of course, everybody's seeing what he's doing and loving it and saying, oh, this must be the king. And we're going to find out later, there's even a place where they try to take him by force to make him king. But Jesus didn't go that way because my favorite verse of the chapter, verse 24, Jesus didn't trust them jokers because he knew all about people. Well, let me ask you this question. How does this point back to the overall theme of the book? And that is Jesus isn't just a man. He isn't just our savior. He is Lord and King of Kings. I think it points back to this because Jesus is able to do the unexpected. He is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above everything we could ask or think. And this brings me hope that Jesus knows each person's heart, which means he knows. He knows me and he loves me anyway. And that brings me amazing joy. Let me pray for us and then we're going to read the purpose of this and then we're going to be done for today. Father, thank you so much that you know us and you love us. Lord, that your word just said that Jesus knows the hearts of everyone, but he still loves us. He still came to die for us and he rose again. And it's because you are God and king of all that we live today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Don't forget, John 20, 31 says, these were written. The reason why we're reading this together is so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. I love you so much. I'll see you tomorrow for John chapter 